listening to another episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Marco, with my lovely co-host, Jessica. How's it going, Jessica? Oh, uh, it's going pretty well. How are you, Marco? I'm doing all right. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Better than some of the previous weeks. That's good. Settling into the new routine. For sure. With like the suddenly like, ta-da, it's cross country's back. Hooray! I'm actually, I'm excited that it's back, but it was just like, oh boy, I just set up a schedule and a routine of life without cross country. Then yeah. it's, ta-da! Do all the things. Drop everything and make it happen. It's like, do it. Oh, I was not expecting that, especially with like you working. So <laughs> now it's starting to get into routine and it's coming about. It is a little weird. We've had some, we've had some moments at practice. <laughs> Part of that is, well, mentally, the team is like, hey, it's week two or week three of the season. And I'm trying to remind them, no, it is week seven. We're about to roll into week eight of the season. (laughs) Um, And so I'm looking at it that way. And they're kind of like, what's the deal, coach? You know, hey, we got time to figure this out. I'm like, no, No, we we don't. don't. No time. So, yeah, it's uh, interesting. But aside from that, uh, you know, getting into the kids' new routine in terms of their school schedule and trying to make everything else work with it. Yeah, it's it's going okay. Awesome. Trying to get used to like you not being here as much. It's weird. It's very weird. It's very weird. They you know, we've shifted dinners a little bit later. We have. Now we're like the family that eats late. But we're like, waiting really for you, late. But we're eating together. That's true. We are. We're all together at the table just like always. But sometimes instead of like quickly eating dinner before hockey, now it's like, well, let's quickly (laughs) eat dinner before bed. I will say I don't love the nights when we are eating dinner at like 830. That kind of sucks because usually dinner options are not that great. It's pretty much what can we throw together? Some of those nights are things I've thrown in the crock pot and planned ahead. Some of them are, but some of them are like... Everyone, make a sandwich. Yes. Eat it as fast as you can and then go to bed. (laughs) There's some of that going on too. You know, and look, we're organized people, it's a good and thing. we still have those nights. It's a good thing that you are in charge of our meals, because <laughs> if it were me, it would be like ramen noodles every night. <laughs> I think it's fair to say we're not the like average couple. We're no, we're not. We're we're both well. We're trained as behavior analysts. We yeah. both have degree, multiple degrees in psychology, and we still have those weeks and those nights where it's like, and crap, what's for dinner? Yeah. And that's but even with a menu planned out, and it's like you're looking at like, and the way I forgot the defrost. Different is that this. I am not the one that is usually responsible for coming up with the meal plan. You are, and also you cook the food, and that's amazing. Because well, yeah, as long as I remember to defrost whatever we got in the freezer. True. Yeah. Or if I've got time to cook it, there's sometimes where like we get hung up at practice or right. Whatever. Things happen. Someone's got homework that's running late, and we're working on that. And then we look, I look at the clock and go, there's no way I'm pulling off this recipe. <laughs> so that kind of gets into what we're going we're gonna to speak about tonight. But first, before we do any of that, what are you drinking? I am drinking an old-fashioned. Ooh, what kind of old-fashioned? I don't know, because you made it for me. So you tell me what's in it. It's really good. It's Woodford. I don't think there's enough in and the cup. It's the uh, no sugar uh, simple syrup substitute. Mm-hmm. And it's just aromatic bitters on that. And that's perfect. It. And a few ice cubes. Yeah, I like my cubes. What are you drinking tonight? I'm doing a kind of a throwback to our last episode. For those who listened to it, I have the High West mm. uh, Prairie Bourbon. That's yummy. And I just having it neat. Awesome. Neat. Neat. It's neat. neat. 
So, cheers. Cheers. Well, sweetie. Do you like my nail polish? Yeah, it's fabulous. It's a lot of colors there. It's a lot of colors. Tomorrow's rainbow day at work. And <laughs> okay. I was informed today that like everybody that works there gets really into it. And I was like, even Well, you're showing me senior... like jazz hand palms. So you got to flip sorry. them over. There you go. I was like, even the senior people? And they were like, yeah. And my boss was talking about how like she puts glitter all over her eyelids. And then she makes like mermaid patterns out of colors on her face. And I was like, oh my, I was planning on wearing a pink sweater and jeans tomorrow. So I painted my nails rainbow colors. I was going to say something. And this will be about the extent of my participation in it. But I went to practice last week in my uh, pineapple suit. So I don't have much room to talk. I wish that I could fit into I've, that because I would totally wear that to work tomorrow. I've, like, you know, I'm the one who goes to practice. And <laughs> like funny. we had the cross country prom last year and I got a T-shirt that looked like a tuxedo T-shirt, but it was orange with a ruffled shirt. Yeah. And what, to be for- fair, I did not know that this was this much of a thing. Like, nobody told me until today, and it's, like, too late to order things from Amazon right now, and I'm not going to Well, if you have a pirate one, I have a, I have a pirate things. t-shirt, I, I don't complete think with a hairy chest. <laughs> you know how funny that would be? Um, your poor clients, they clients wouldn't know what to think. would be like, what is or happening here? My coworkers would probably love it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of them is wearing, like, a shiny, glittery rainbow mask tomorrow, and I'm insanely jealous of it. Do you have a Bowie t-shirt, like a Ziggy no. Stardust style t-shirt? No, and that's surprising. You, you can't think fit I in would. a Kid Force t-shirt. She has one. That would fit on like my foot. Maybe. I know. I, I think it's a 12-month shirt. I have really shirt. big feet. <laughs> and it is a 12-month shirt. Oh, well, it'll be fine. Yeah. I have rainbow nails. I'm all set. And I have. I will wear my rainbow mask that I made. Okay. And that'll be it. It'll be good, right? Well, explain the rainbow mask. It's just, it's a striped... It's got stripes in the colors of the rainbow. So, like, there's a red stripe and an orange stripe and a yellow stripe. Explain the mask part. You made the a mask. mask. I made masks to wear for COVID because we're having a pandemic. Oh, that kind of mask. Yeah, I made 12. It took me a week, but I'm I made thinking, 12. I'm like, fan of the opera style mask Jesus or something Christ, or Jason, you know, the goalie style mask. No, a mask. It's for been COVID. a long day with a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So yeah, I Anyways, work stuff. I had to do hockey commissioner stuff. I I'm had to do coaching stuff. I had to do liked, parent stuff. That you liked my rainbow nails. They They're very happy. nice. Mm-hmm. They sparkle. Ooh, you know who's gonna want their nails done now? Um, yes. And she came down this evening because she couldn't find her penguin, and she said, Ooh, "I can't find my penguin. Ooh, what's happening here?" And I looked at her and I said, "You have to go back to bed right now." Did you break her little heart? We are not Poor even having this conversation want, at nine o'clock at night. She didn't want. No. I mean, you were going to give her a manicure at nine o'clock at night. No, maybe I, a pedicure at nine o'clock at night mm, for the three-year-old. No, not at nine o'clock at night. Not in this household. No, that's right. She can go to grandma's and have a manicure and pedicure at nine o'clock at night, but not here. I don't even think grandma's going to do that. She might. It's grandma's. She's going to get the early bird special manicure. It's going to be at three <laughs> in the afternoon. And then they're going to have dinner at four. And That's then totally be, what yeah. they do over there, too. It's funny. I think it's the law when you turn that age. I'm kidding. It's the law. You also have to move to Florida or Arizona. Arizona. Like Seinfeld did a thing about that. I was like, my parents didn't want to move to Florida when they turned 65, but it's the law. It's the law. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, speaking of the... Uh, the law and at least how things run in this house 
that's our topic for tonight. The law? No. <laughs> How things run in this house. I don't have a title for this yet. You don't. I don't know what, like, if we can do a riff on Children of the Corn. Oh, my God. Children of the Behavior it's Analyst. It's not October yet. Children of the Behavior Analyst. That is a terrifying sentence um, right there. Yeah. Especially with kid number one. Psychos? Psychos. I don't know. I Living, living with coaches kids life but it's more of like no, behavior analyst kids life living the behavioral life well but like that's like what we do hat. i mean pretty much the the vibe i'm going for with this though is you and i are psychologists we're trained in psychology with specialties in applied behavior analysis so we're not your average person we look at the world differently and we both come out of the same uh, school of thought mm-hmm. so things are a little bit different for our kids they are. And even in talking to our friends, they all have these perceptions and these misconceptions about what it's like at our house for our children. I think that a lot of our friends think that we sit around going, tell me how you feel about yeah. well, they have all, like, sorts all of, of the things. And that's just not so, happening over here. So the here. point of this, this episode was for us to sit and just chat about what it's like to be our kids. I like it. This will be fun. We could always do a follow-up at some point with Where we our ask kids. the kids. Um, yeah, I'm a little I'm, bit afraid of their answers. Look, it's a school night, and they need to be in bed, or... They're life, in bed. Life in this house will be absolute hell tomorrow. For you. And, well, they're going to... You're eventually going to come home. <laughs> and I'm going to have to get some more work done so you can deal with them after... <laughs> I have photos to edit. <laughs> That's true. You better, because you got a photo shoot coming up this weekend, too. On a Saturday morning. Sunrise photos. I don't know. On the Sunset Coast. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. So, what should we call this thing? Mm. I don't know. Our minions. Our minions. I think we'll get sued. The little people. Oh, we get in trouble for that one, too. They are little. Tiny behavior analysts. Our shorties. Shorties in behavior analysis. Surviving our parents. (laughs) Surviving our parents? Well, surviving their parents. No, that's not good. I don't know. I'll think of something before this post. Fantastic. Guaranteed. I don't doubt it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do another cheers just heading into this one. (laughs) Ready? Cheers. Let's do it. (laughs) Diving in. Things that just might seem different in this house might be the same in this house. I think we we start when they're little. Uh, For those who know a little bit about behavior analysis, it's often associated with B.F. Skinner. Hmm. who had the air crib for his kids. Yes. And of course, everyone, because he also designed the operant chamber, also known as the Skinner box, they just assumed the thing he built for his children... A giant Skinner box. was a giant Skinner operant chamber for the kids, and they had to pull levers, and he You're was doing experiments on pushing the lever, just like The a dude rat. was just really a, an engineer at heart, and yep. inventing things, and he tried to make a more environmentally uh, controlled area because he you know when he lived the houses were drafty and cold and you had to bundle up the children and all these yep uh layers layers that would just bind and tight and so he created a climate controlled container with plexiglass where they didn't have to wear much Mm -hmm. they didn't have to wear anything but a diaper they were quite cozy and if they had an accident there wasn't all this bedding the train changed because it just went through a semi-permeable layer down below and catch basin in case they peed uh, and it was great. And they didn't live their whole life in there. It no. was just while you were sleeping and yeah. napping. Mm-hmm. Put in there. So there's that. And we have, we know people that had it for their kids too. We did not. No, we did not. 
Honestly, I don't even know where you would get one at this point. Because no, because the only ones I know of that people had were passed down through the kind of like behavioral family trees, academic family behavioral trees. Behavioral family trees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did not get one. So our kids had, even though we were both behavior analysts, our kids had little tiny baby jails, just your yep. standard wooden crib. Cribs. With wooden slats. They were actually the lifetime style crib that... It goes from a crib, then you take the wall off, and it beca- or it's the higher level. Then when the kid can stand up, you lower the mattress mm-hmm. into the what you know, basically the little baby jail. Yep. And then when they get bigger, you take one wall off, and yeah, it's and a toddler, toddler bed. bed. And then eventually they get bigger, and you put side rails on it, mm-hmm. or rails, and the two the the longer ends of the crib become a headboard and a footboard for a full size bed, and you put a full-size mattress on it mm-hmm. and that's what all our kids had for their beds we're just standard cribs that actually didn't we get them all from um, babies are us babies are us because it was down the street from where we lived at the time yep and so yeah so leading off no we didn't have an operant chamber for our kids and no neither did box. other people in our field uh, we had just your standard crib that you would see everywhere else. Mm-hmm. I'm sure because we got it at Babies R Us, there were hundreds and thousands of people okay. with that same model. But did you ever kind of want to stick one of the kids in like a Skinner box and see like what would happen? No. I did. Did I want to put them in an air crib that he designed? Yeah, because they no. look like I wouldn't mind one I would have totally, if we had had like a giant Skinner box, I would have totally stuck one of our kids in there just to see like what they would do. Okay, weirdo. <laughs> I don't believe you. I think you totally would do it too. No, actually, just no. for like I don't know, twenty minutes. I, if I were to design something off the premise, I would do something kind of like not like a newborn, but like no. a nine month old that can move around. Well, but I would dangle stuff down with lights and and like mobile and all the little sh- things that rattle and shake and yeah. stimuli, and then see if you pull this, different lights go off. Not to run experiments, I would just make it a giant... Just to see what would happen. Well, I'll see a giant jungle gym, entertainment center kind of thing. Right. For sensory and developing and just see what they do. That's exactly what I just said, to see what they do. Well, I was trying to I'd... phrase it differently, but I, was, I would build it differently. Because like uh, what I'm picturing is like... A the, rat box? <laughs> yeah, pretty much the, the stainless steel no. cage sanitary, you know, with one plexiglass like, wall from the observer. It's like, no. No, like a fun one. Well, yeah, I do with plastics and like basically that was the uh, the Fisher Price and the uh, step what is it step three step two mm-hmm. whatever that one brand, you know the the soft plastics rounded edges, and just have different things just like all the oh, different, like the little bouncy seats yeah with all the mm-hmm. different toys though that they had because like we had what Momo the monkey they named it <gasps> Momo and like one arm it was the crinkle and the other side it squeaked mm-hmm. and one was a rattle what like one foot was a rattle and so like the different uh, sensory stimuli of texture and sound and everything and i'd have all these things in there for them to play with along with the bouncy seat so it's like yeah exercise so- yeah totally but that not necessarily an operant chamber more of an activity room whatever it's a huge it would difference have a lever. Mm-hmm. oh my god <laughs> We're going to have like all these people coming at us like, you guys are like going to experiment with your kids. We it's like, can't. We don't have one. No. And I'm like here thinking about like, I basically want to make a play fort. I want to make a play fort too. Just it would have a lever. You want to let, well, you want it hooked up to wires to automatically record wanna, data. I don't. Actually, that would which be one amazing. Do, which one do they squeeze the most? 
You you know what? You would totally want to know the answer to that question. No, too. I'd want them ent- entertained so I can go do something. And, and like, then you would want to look at the data later. No. Yes, you would. As long as they're entertained and I can like watch college football for like <gasps> oh my god, at least see like a quarter of the game. <laughs> I'm like mission accomplished, or you know, go to the bathroom in peace. Especially nice. at that age, it's be. like oh my god. Holy cow, I can go without little fingers under the door or someone screaming. That is really funny when they do that, though. They stick their little hands under and they wiggle their fingers at you, and it's really cute because they're Kid four passes me notes. She can't write. She passes me notes, too. But I get little notes with scribbles on it. Yep, and it's really cute. It's one of my favorite things. She wrote me a note tonight, and she said, Mommy, I wrote this for you. You can keep it forever. And I said, I will keep it forever. Did she slide it under the bathroom door? She did not with this one. She put it on the dinner table. And then she said, you you keep it in your room next to your bed forever. And you can also take it in the bathtub. (laughs) And I was like, I think if I take it in the bathtub, it will be ruined. And she said, but you can take it in the bathtub. And I said, okay. Are you going to take it in the bathtub? No, I'm going to put it... I mean, she was pretty much pushing you on that one. I'm going to put it in my special book that I have where I put things like this. It's like a mommy scrapbook. Do I need to, like, fully inspect my pillow tonight? Because she and Kid 3 are notorious for, like, leaving me notes on my pillow or under my pillow. And I just, like, when I go to bed, I'm like, I'm out. (laughs) Daddy out. I I don't... They haven't... They didn't tell me that they put a note on your pillow, so I don't know. I don't know. But I'll it probably never wake hurts up, to look. Yeah, I'll fall asleep on top of Sharpie ink and wake up with marks That'd on my face. would be hilarious. And I would be sad For if you. I was not around to see that tomorrow morning. Going through car lines. Okay, off so the, the point is, is that we did not put our children into Skinner boxes or air cribs when they were babies. No, we didn't. One what? of us might have wanted to, though. The other thinks that one's nuts. <laughs> All right, let's jump around a little bit. Mm-hmm. How is food different around here? Well, or is it the same? Or I mean, how would, how does food run around here, go around here in meals? Me, we do not allow our children to come up with alternative dinners or lunches. Not so much lunches, alternative dinners if they don't like what we are having for dinner. Like I know some families, if you don't like, even I think when my dad was little, if he didn't like what they were having for dinner. His mom let him go and make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and that was acceptable. But he had to make it. Um, other families, they will make like 14 different dinners so that everybody gets something that they want. We are very much, this is what we're having for dinner. We make sure that there is something like either a main part or a side dish or something that everybody will eat. They will like it, and they will eat at least that part. Well, we don't know if they'll like it. They'll eat it. They will eat it, though. And that is what's for dinner. We do not let them make a sandwich. We don't let them cook their own special dinner. We have one dinner, and that's it. We do make some accommodations a little bit. Like, we know Kid One hates bacon. Yeah, she does. I mean, it's a strong personal preference. So if we do BLTs, we make sure there's another type of protein there um, for her to have instead of bacon. She usually has turkey with lettuce and tomato. But that is very low response cost. They yeah. you have to walk to the fridge and grab the bag of turkey meat. Easy. And it's not like, well, I don't want to eat my veggies tonight. It's, okay, I don't want to eat bacon. And we're like, all right, that's acceptable. Yeah. She does the same thing on the rare occasion, uh, like when we get around, especially in summer. Hot dogs? Hot dogs. She hate, she just refuses to eat a hot dog, and she goes to bed whining, crying with a sore stomach. So we do the variation on it with, it's a seafood dog. We get fake imitation crab. Mm-hmm. 
and she puts it in a bun, and she mixes it with a bunch of veggies, and that's fine. That I can respect. But if, let's say we're doing, um, you know, roasted chicken breasts in the oven with veggies and a salad. Not getting out of that. No. Everybody in the house eats. Everybody chicken. eats chicken. Everybody eats vegetables, and that's what we're having. And if and they you can turn up the nose it. at what you or I put on it for seasonings that night, oh, well, there's no, no, well, there's no other dinner. We know you guys eat chicken. We don't make things like overly spicy. I'm sure you would love it, but I, I purposely make everything bland. And then I sit there with my bottles of hot sauce. You and do seasonings near my plate, which I is very nice, especially because I can't handle having spicy food anymore after having all these darn kids. They've ruined my palate. Fun side effect from oh, having kids. Yeah. Anyways, pregnancy changes. It's super fun. Um, they have to eat the chicken. Even if it's got like black pepper on it. Oh no. It's really not that it's spicy. Too you spicy. can do it. No, it's seasoned, kids. Yeah. <laughs> they do the same thing uh, with scrambled eggs sometimes because I'll, you know. I like to put pepper on the scrambled eggs and, and they get really mad at me. If you cook yours right beforehand and you will put a little bit more pepper on. There's I some like pepper still on a, my eggs. But if there's still some pepper in the pan and it picks it up on their bland eggs, they get very upset. They're still going to eat it. Yep, and they do. They just have, like, really grumpy faces the whole time. Well, they're not always you know thrilled what? with what we're having for their dinner. Their little bellies are full, and everyone goes on with their day. Everything is fine. Even kid number two, who is on the spectrum, yeah. knows that he has to eat dinner. And, and to he be fair, has to eat the things that we make for him. While we don't do exotic and oddball things, we do make sure there's enough there that we don't get into a rut or a narrow spectrum, we push the limits. Yeah, we do. We don't go way beyond out into the left field. No. But we do push the limits to make sure they're trying new things yeah. and expanding their horizons. And We are definitely not a chicken nuggets and mac and cheese and hamburger only family. Yes. That's not happening over here. Now, over the summer and during COVID, we were doing kid meal for a while. We were talking about it on the podcast. We've gotten out of that habit a little bit, but even... Uh, Kid one, two, and three have been all asking, when are we doing kid meal again? I know. They really like it. Because they get a little bit more say and control in it. And I mm-hmm. like it. And they just sit down with a pile of cookbooks. And then like, okay, they got to figure out the main entree. And then find a side dish that goes with it. And the dessert that goes with it. And who's making what. It's just uh, trying to get back into the back to school. And then all of a sudden, you know, and then, you know, mommy's going back to work. And trying to like all of a sudden dad's got to juggle coaching and it's like oh you know what mom and dad are just gonna do this because it's been a tight timetable but now that's starting to settle down we're getting used to it so we can bring back kid meal Mm -hmm, for sure um another thing about our meal times we are very much a if you do not eat dinner no dessert and also you are going to have a hungry belly you're not going to go raid the fridge. You are not raiding we... the fridge. You have an opportunity to eat dinner. It's very yummy. We know that you like the food that's there, but you are um, Kid you're two making is like a bad choice Kid... and you're going to suffer the consequences. Kid 2 is notorious for that in that he'll leave dinner going, I'm full or I didn't like it. We're like, fine, you can be excused. And then after everything's cleaned up and the dishwasher's running and like, you know, you and I are sitting on the couch or working on the laptops or trying to run laundry or something, we'll hear the fridge open or the pantry open and there's kid two raiding the pantry. It's like, no, 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 no. Nope. Dinner happened. You had a chance to eat and you chose not to. Yeah. 
And, and it's not like he's going back for more of dinner. He's going no, back he's for cookies. he's going else. for cookies. Now, if he was still hungry and he was going back for leftovers of dinner... It'd be totally fine. Totally different. Different situation. But you're not escaping what we're having for dinner just so you can go raid all the ingredients for a different meal. Right. But also, this we don't let them grab something else for dinner because we wanted them to learn that this is dinner. This is what you're going to eat. And if you don't eat it, then you're going to be hungry, which is a natural consequence of not eating. It's pediatrician approved. I told him we were doing this and he was like, that's great. They're going to be wonderful eaters because they are going to figure out by day three that they have to eat the food. <laughs> and I was like, exactly. There's food available. Lots of it's food. It's edible, nutritious. It's very good for you. All they want. When you're not putting I mean, caps on just, quantities, it's yeah. just what it is, is very distinct. And it takes care of the picky eater syndrome. Exactly. Quite a bit. Yeah. We, it's something that I just personally, even without being a behavior analyst, I just cannot tolerate picky, picky eating. I can't handle it. It's one of those things that makes me irrationally angry. And I have had, I've had a couple of friends that are like, oh, my kid is so picky and Yours don't seem to be picky. And I'm like, because I make them eat what's in front of them or they are hungry. It's really that simple. Yeah. I want to just point out that they do not have like extreme health situations or um, disabilities of any kind. These are for neurotypical kids who are not like having food sensitivities and also put self limits on what they're eating. Well, because also, that is a different they also situation. Don't have al- food allergies. Right. That is a very much a different situation that would probably be handled differently in this house. Now, looking at it and then they look at the plate and they're in one of the moods and then we're like, that looks icky or that looks weird. That's not cutting it. No. Now, if they actually had a legit food allergy, of course, we wouldn't be putting it on the plate. We wouldn't. That's just me. Anyways, like. But expanding the horizons, like, I'm sorry your green beans aren't (laughs) cut on on the diagonal tonight. You can still eat them. Totally kid number four. These beans are quite right. I hate them. Well, they taste the same, so you can eat them. You know what? No. That night that happened, got out the knife, and I did cut them on a diagonal, and suddenly they were okay because they look like the other kind of green beans. I hate that. It's it's that, and I can't drink well, this was, water because it's not in the pink cup. I was curious that if I did that, if it suddenly would fix the problem, and it did. So now I know. It's like, all right, it's just the shape, so she can't eat it though. I don't know if she was trying to tell me something else because she only has so much of a vocabulary at three. And it's pretty big for a three-year-old, but still, it's still a little kid vocabulary. <laughs> I was going to say something else, and I can't remember what now. I don't mm. know. Well, before we leave the topic of food, one other thing that we do that I don't think any of our other friends do, at least at these age groups... And that is the kids pack their own lunches for school. They totally pack their own lunches. And I will tell you why. Because. Well, I think we've talked about it in a few different episodes. But, have we? But we might as well say it again because it fits okay. in with this one. Because I was packing their lunches every single night. And I was driving myself insane by doing it. Especially because they would come home from school and they'd be like, Mommy, you didn't put anything in my lunch. I like to eat. And I didn't eat anything. And I'm starving. And I would look at them and tell them, I put six things into your lunchbox, and I know that you like all of those six things. I have no idea why didn't you eat them today, but you being hungry is your own fault. And this went on 
for like over a year. And then when kid number three went to school, he pulled the same crack. Crap. The crack? <laughs> he pulled the same crap. And it got to the point where I said, enough. You children are going to make your own lunches. And they did. And it was amazing because then I didn't have to do it. And suddenly all of the food was magically delicious and they ate all of it. And what happened the first time they had to make their own lunch? They like put a crap ton of cookies in there. It was all cookies. And like, what are you having for your snack? Cookies. cookies. What are you having for your side? Cookies. Di- different type of cookies. What are you having for your sandwich? It's a cookie sandwich. It's two <laughs> types of cookies with a different, a third type of cookie in the middle. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> so then they had a little bit of a checklist they had to fill out yeah. in terms of fruit and sandwich and juice box cheese. and cheese and... Uh, I don't know, chips. Yeah, some sort of... Vegetables sometimes. They really the like snack, cucumbers in the their lunches. The snack and the dessert could not both be cookies. You right. can only have cookie for one thing. Yep. And, and that solved the problem too. It was pretty much just everyone knows what a job aid is or you know, graphic design. And it just... Or graphic a visual design, aid. Visual aid. They laid out like these are the parts of a Of a nutritious a lunch. lunch. And it was almost like a visual checklist they could use. Problem solved. Right there, the fact that we created a visual checklist for them also outlines why it's a little different in this house. <laughs> and it's more that because the parents are super nerds. But it solved the problem, didn't it? It definitely did. And you know what? All three big kids make their own lunches. It's not like a big fight. They just, after dinner, after everything is cleaned up, you guys have to make your lunches. Okay. And they make their lunches. We check them. They look wonderful. Into the fridge they go, and then we're ready for the next morning. It's great. And you just hit on something else there with the doing the dishes and packing, along with packing the lunches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can tie in other things like cleaning their room, mm-hmm. throwing their laundry in the hamper, keeping their bathroom clean, which they're not the best at. But all these other things, a lot of places that would be chores you do for your allowance. And we don't do a traditional allowance system in this house. We do not. Uh, And they've asked about it. At least uh, kid one has asked. Yeah, because her friends, some of them do get an allowance. And she's intrigued by this idea. She's intrigued by And I've told her, there are certain things you do in this house as a member of the family. Like, nobody pays me extra to go mow the lawn. Mm -hmm. And so I've told her, like, look. And this draws back for my background in um, organizational psychology and organizational behavior management. And it's like, I'm not going to pay extra for expected performance. And so I've told her, look, there's some things you're just expected to do in this house. And your mother and I are not going to pay extra for that. Now, that's not to say our kids don't get allowances. That's not to say the kids can't earn money. Mm-hmm. But it's more like of a contractor model they negotiate certain tasks for a certain duration of time that need to be completed that are above and beyond what's expected. And then they can do that to earn extra money. And especially kid one and kid two, who are the older, you know, the older two, obviously, based on the numbers, that are, <laughs> and for just in case somebody doesn't, hasn't listened to a bunch of these episodes, they've tapped into that more often than their siblings. Mm-hmm. But it's an opportunity for them to earn money and, I honestly like it more because then they've got to pinpoint something extra above and beyond mm-hmm. for a set period of time and complete it. Yeah. 
Um, and there's a, you know, we've negotiate what that completing that is worth. Yep. A big one for us is weeding the garden. That is something yes. that we pay extra for because that job sucks. Um, and it's just not something we're not doing it every day. It's not like cleaning up the kitchen after dinner. Weeding the garden is something that happens once every week or so. Right. Cleaning, you know, setting the table, sweeping up in the kitchen, uh, run, you know, unloading, loading the dishwasher. Those are expected performance. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not cooking dinner. They're not going grocery shopping. They're not doing all that part of it so right. they can do the dishes. They're yeah. old enough, too. They keeping their rooms clean mm-hmm. and cleaning those up. Expected performance. They're not quite big enough to run, do laundry, but they no. can at least bring their laundry down. They bring it down, and they are learning to put their dirty clothes into the washing machine. And then they have to come. I'm like lots of stutters. And then they have to come and tell us, "Hey, I put my dirty clothes in the in the washer. Can you wash them for me?" And they have to put away their clean clothes. They do. We've been doing that for years. Yes. Um, because. There are six people in this house, and that is a crap ton of laundry, and I'm not doing it all by myself. Very no, true. thank you. And yet again, something we don't pay extra for. We don't. No, like, that's we don't expensive. pay it all for. But you know what we do pay extra for? Cleaning the toilets. Yes. Because that job sucks, but it has to get done. Kid number one thinks it's like the greatest thing ever because she gets paid a buck per toilet. And she, honestly, she really likes to scrub with the little scrubby wand that we have for the toilet. She thinks it's fantastic. And she's like, yes, I'm going to get a dollar and I'm going to do this really fun job with the scrubby brush. And yeah, my life is good right now. And it's so funny. It is. I've had, And I've had kid uh, three because mm-hmm. we have a large tree in the yard that just sheds, especially when a windstorm comes through, sheds sticks and yep. twigs and whatnot. And they're in the way when I have to go mow the lawn and I don't want to hit them with the lawnmower. So I will pay him to pick them up. Yeah. He loves it. He'll go out there and pick up sticks. Also, because then he gets to pretend like they're weapons because he's a boy and they do that. And also the girls do it, too. It's Well, if they're not doing that, they're doing Harry Potter wands. Harry Potter wands. Kid number four was like, this is my magic wand and I'm going to turn you into a frog. Poof. You have to play along, too. Otherwise, she gets really mad. You know what Kid 3 likes to do, though, too? Because he has the little Power Wheels John Deere tractor with a wagon on the back. Yeah. So he'll drive his little tractor out there. I'm going to be really sad when he outgrows this thing because he'll drive it out there. And whether you guys are weeding and when she'll take the tub of weeds and put it in the trailer and drive it over to the ravine and dump it in. I do like that. he does. Or he'll just drive it around the backyard and pick up sticks, throw them in the back. And when it's full, he drives over to the ravine and dumps it, dumps it. Really cute. Go get some more. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what we do. So, yeah. No traditional allowance, but uh, they can negotiate. um, Yeah. um, So sometimes our kids want to buy bigger things like we have negotiated nintendo games we have negotiated i think kid number one and two both one ha- and two wanted ipod touches and yeah. they both of them didn't have quite enough money they've been saving their money for two years and they were about i think when they both did it they were like 50 or 60 dollars shy and they knew that it was going to take them a while to get that and they were like can we just please do extra jobs and so we wrote up especially since we told them if you're getting those you have to get the cases for them too to protect them and they're like yes. oh this is gonna take forever right and um we came up with a contract and we had very specific jobs that they had to do for x amount of time 
and we all signed it. We like sat down and we explained very clearly what the parameters were were and what exactly the jobs needed to happen and how exactly those jobs would have to happen. And they agreed to everything. And you know what? They held up their end of the bargain. They did. Yeah. So they got their they got their iPod touches and it was good. And then we sat there down and we did it all with uh, Kid Three when he was getting close to an iPod touch and he's so like so close. Well, and then all right, this is what you got to do for this is how long it's going to take and this is the low, you know what the criteria for a successful uh, completion is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm going to buy some Legos instead. He bought. He used up several uh, hundred dollars worth of Legos. He had been saving all his Amazon gift cards from birthdays and grandparents and christmas and everything Mm -hmm. and he was he was the closest of the bunch when he sat down to negotiate and he had like 40 dollars to go i think if that and so close and then decided like never mind i just want the legos and now and then like two weeks later he's like i really want an ipod touch like kid number one and kid number two and i was like dude you had all of that money you'd been saving it for like two years you could have done it he goes i know I just really wanted the Legos. And then we hit COVID, so there was less time with his friends. And especially yeah, he right was really now. really upset about it. Uh, where the kids are coming with me to cross-country practice, but they can't really run around. when, like, Especially kid one and kid two can't go for a run with the team mm-hmm. because they're not part of the bubble. Even mm-hmm. though, yeah, I know. Kid one does Girl Scouts with kids on the team, but somehow they can't be together at cross-country practice but whatever it is what it is covid's not gonna last forever they'll nope. all be happy together soon. someday soon. someday or at least sundays at girl scouts <laughs> but so they gotta have something to do and the homework only takes them so long i set up uh, elementary school homework well i pull out uh, a little bench i have i pull out some chairs and they sit and they have like a little work area and they they work on their homework and then they're done. So they, they read. Uh, today, practice was down at a park. So there was kid one and kid four running around and playing hacky sack. Oh, nice. But the number one thing that they like to do is kid one and kid two pull out their iPod touches. Yep. And kid three is going, yeah, I'll play with you. And they're like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're doing a one player game. I mean, and they're so tiny. Like you can't hardly even sit next to them and stare at the screen because you can't. It's not big enough. They're tiny. Yeah. Mm, oh, well. He'll natural learn. consequences. Natural consequences. He'll learn. Now he's suddenly saving for an iPod Touch. Yep. It's going to be a long time, though. Well, unless he negotiates for a whole lot of jobs. He does like jobs. Your dad pays him. Your dad takes him to... They have a lot of rentals. And he... Um, I don't know of a lot. They Okay, they, they have some. They have rentals. Yes. And your dad is like Mr. Fix-It. And so sometimes he will come and grab kid number three and be like, you're going to come help me today and I'm going to pay you. And kid number three is like, yes, we are going to do projects and I am going to get to use a screwdriver. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> you know what? And grandpa loves it, like especially if they're changing a faucet or something. You have to go underneath the countertop. Right. Kid number three is the one that's going <laughs> under the countertop because he is tiny. <laughs> He is small for his age, and he fits into he places fits like that. And Grandpa's places. like, cool, yes. I don't have to bend and contort exactly. my body. I and... can just tell this kid what to do. He has very good, um, kid number three, has very good fine motor skills and dexterity, and he can do all of the things. And he fits in tight places. So, yeah. 
And then he gets paid like a buck. And he's really happy. Sometimes $2. Sometimes. Depends on the job. Yeah. It's and he gets to use tools. And then Grandpa went and put together a little toolkit for him. So they got oh, projects. Oh, he loves that. He loves projects. He loves it. Mm-hmm. Kid, kid two is like, his brother is just like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, he's not interested yeah. at all. He's like, what? Projects? No, I don't want That's to. Work. You can't make me. It's work and I'm, I'm not saving for anything at the moment. I'm going to go away from you until you go away. <laughs> Moving on to the next <laughs> item. Oh, what, let's, let's get this one out of the way. Mm-hmm. In terms of discipline and whatnot and spankings. No. We're not a spanking family. We don't spank. The research doesn't support that it's an effective behavior change. No, we... Uh, so we, we don't do it. We don't beat our kids. Nope. I, I can't... I, I can't know. do it. No. It's just, it hurts my little mommy heart, and I don't I don't want to. We run a timeout. We run a timeout consistent with the research in the field and the best practices. It's really just a period of intense boredom. There's nothing to look at, and you get wiggly, you get noisy, and the clock resets. Yeah. You know, it's not, I mean, it's not like, out. go to your room where all the toys are. It's, it's you're going to sit on the stairs and stare at the blank wall. the wall. And they hate it. And timeout lasts for like, I don't know, two or three minutes. Depends on the age group. Yeah. yeah. Like for kid number four, timeout is like one minute long. And that's usually for the three. I mean, if she is like squeaking and wiggling, then it's longer than one minute. But this starts at one minute. So she's got to be quiet and still. Right. And she's learning. She'll get it. Well, the other thing that goes with it often, because there's also some overcorrection, because if you like broke something or messed something up you're gonna have to put it back and then some Mm -hmm. so there's other pieces that go with that and this one's less of being in a house with two behavior analysts and more of just the heritage that comes with the family (laughs) uh a thick layer of italian guilt trip kid number one is so susceptible to this oh you can just like look at her funny at this point she's like okay i'll tell you everything just don't when she was really little, I used to take her and because she tried to escape and uh, avoid because she hated just the the interrogation, and it's not screaming and yelling no. and everything. It's I actually get quieter and zoom in kind of closer. Uh, and so what I used to do is I used to pick her up and set her on the edge of the uh, kitchen counter, mm-hmm. and then I'd put one hand on each side of the counter, and just kind of lean in and be like two inches from her face and go. What did you do? <laughs> did you lie to mommy? No, I didn't. She's like, really? And just keep going from there. And just going there. And it's like, I did it. And then it's like, if you've seen the Goonies, it's Chunk. Like, <laughs> or, when he, when the, this uh, part is the worst part. <laughs> the gangsters have them and like, they're like laughing. Like you used to go around the corner and laugh or we'd have to tag, tag team and you're like, all right, I'll take you out. So then the other one of us could go around the corner and start laughing. But, uh, oh my God, we did that the other night. Was one of them, I think kid number four uh, said something ridiculous and we were hiding because we were laughing so hard. Was it? No, it was, uh, kid it was number kid one. number one. I don't remember what she said though. She was, was talking really about funny. the Peanuts movie. Oh, the Peanuts movie. And it That's sounded right. like because. You know, with losing teeth and gaining teeth and not all the teeth are in the right spot. It sounded like the penis movie. Yes. And no, not movie. Bag. The penis bag. Oh, yes. It was a bag. One of her classmates has a Peanuts, <laughs> Charlie Brown, Lucy, Snoopy book bag. So she kept talking about the Peanuts bag. 
Which, boy, it sure sounded like penis bag. She kept saying penis bag, and I was like, what? What do you mean somebody has a penis bag at school? <laughs> well. I mean, I didn't. Fortunately, I did not say that out loud. And she was like, Mom, the peanuts bag. Mom, like Charlie Brown. And I was like, oh, Mommy's so old. I didn't get it. Come on, Mommy. But Charlie really, Brown and like, his penis bag. I <laughs> Yeah, I was dying on the inside, and you were in the hallway, like, with your face squished up against the wall, pounding your fist on the wall, trying really hard not to laugh out loud. It was so funny. And then I came in the room, and you went out and, like, just lost it. Yeah. The hands over your mouth to make sure you weren't laughing. She couldn't hear you. Nope, she has. She had no idea. Until she downloads this podcast. (sighs) Does she download our podcast? I don't think she does. Probably not. Because it sucks up room on her iPod Touch and like... That's true. There's not a lot of room on there. Room for Pusheen and whatever else she's putting on there. Pusheen. (laughs) Oh. Anyways. She had her Pusheen sweatshirt on uh, the other night at the ice rink and like... It's cozy and it's warm. Well, Kid 4 kept climbing on her back. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she was sitting there playing her, uh, her device and... Kid three was playing a device, and kid uh, two was out on the ice, and kid four was climbing all over her sister and trying to see over her shoulder. And all she kept turning around was like, "Is there a footprint on my back? Is there a footprint on my back? Is there dirt on me?" Like, no, you and your sweatshirt are fine. Well, it's brand new. I know, so I don't blame her. And also, we got it like really big, so she'd have it for a long time. She is very into pushy. <laughs> all right, so getting back to this. We are not a spanking family. We do not. We do time out. Mm-hmm. We, do, uh, we do use the Italian guilt. There are other consequences for behavior. Like if you... Well, we talked about overcorrection. Yeah. That's exactly what I was There's a say. lot of... And part of that too is also, you know, if you make your sibling cry, fix it. Yeah. You have to hug. You have to say you're sorry. And you need to make them stop crying and feel better because you made that situation. So you fix it. And it's not just make them stop crying and go back to where they were. Mm -hmm. It's overcorrect. Make them happy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And if it takes you the rest of the day or the rest of the weekend. Oh, well. Oh, well. That's what you're doing. That's your job. You made the mess. You cleaned it up. Yet another example of just how what life is like with the two of us. I don't think it's that bad. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. Another example is scheduling. Mm-hmm. We schedule a lot of stuff. We plan it out. We pretty much have to. We have four kids. We have you and I have busy schedules mm-hmm. with lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. Always just amazes me when people go, "Well, you got too much time on your hands," or "You don't really do anything during the day, do you? Or, you have time to do this for me, or don't yeah, you? yeah, you have nothing going on. Yeah, you can do this. It's like." Y'all don't know what, what the hell you're talking about. It's just because... Don't you want to just, like, scream swear words at those people? I was going to say reach across and strangle them, but yeah. I just want to scream swear words at people. That too. And it's, like, I'm sorry for being organized. <laughs> the people that complain <laughs> about your organization system crack me up. Like, why would you ever complain that somebody else is organized and on top of their shit? But then they asked me to come over and organize their house. Right? Yeah. It's funny. So we have we have scheduling because that's... Otherwise, it without it, everything, everything falls fall apart, apart. Nobody gets to do anything, and it's miserable. So we've got the, calend- the main calendar in the hallway 
at the nexus of the house. Yep. And the kid, I am very much old school. I It has to be written down and it has to be at eye level with me. Otherwise, it does not exist. I cannot put it into my phone because like, it, no, that's not going to work for me. But the kids know to look at it. Yes. Because we are talking about the kids. Right. It's a visual. It's a visual. It's color coded. And that's for the month. Mm-hmm. Plus, like the photo is on it because you, you design it with photos you take and I whatnot. Do. And it's just that every month are the kids. Yeah, so this like month is September, and kid number one's birthday is in September, yep. so it's all her. In addition to that, we've got the weekly whiteboard, which we've talked in other episodes, mm-hmm. and it's opposite the calendar, and it runs down what are the dinners for each day of the week, mm-hmm. or at least what the plan is for dinner. We don't always stick to the plan. You know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll call an audible. It's got who's doing what for the day and the time, and this is a board we walk by heading to the garage and head to the cars, and where the coat hooks are and everything and the kids know to look at that uh kid two especially will study it and scrutinize it and try to you know some of the words he can't read um especially if we're doing some sort of asian fusion he's what is yakatori (laughs) so funny (laughs) what is couscous (laughs) yeah so he knows the look there, and they know that, like, you know, they'll ask, like, well, do I have hockey on such and such day? And, like, go look at the whiteboard. And now they don't even really ask. They just go look and, like, I've got hockey on Wednesday. I've got, um, I'm running a race on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Mom's got a photo shoot. You know, mm-hmm. they, they know to go look there. They also have planners for school, but they've also, I've noticed, like, even over the summer, uh, they were tracking, they had little notebooks. They were tracking what they had going on, they had going on. Now, they weren't the most organized planners. Where they're getting in the habit and they're starting to learn to write stuff down and start tracking what is going on and have some sort of agenda mm-hmm. laid out so they can track that sort of thing. Because it ties in with the way you and I run, mm-hmm. how the house runs, to some degree with how school runs, and it's just becoming a life skill and yeah. a learned behavior. When you get to a certain grade in school, they give you planners and you have to write down what you do during the day, and you also have to write your homework in it. Kid one and kid three especially love using planners. Yeah. Kid three and kid one both have planners at their desks uh, for tracking what they have going on, even if it's just build Legos. So there's a lot of scheduling going on, and that's just, it's how this house runs, how it works, and it wouldn't without it. Yep. That, uh, that, that ties in well with also we do a lot of goal setting and tracking achievement. If you've listened to any of our podcasts, you know we're definitely into this because we both wear activity trackers and we're data people. Uh, I've got my coaching system where I've got my teams. Each athlete is tracking their performance and splits and differentials and how many miles they run each week. And they have a log of what they did every day. Similar for our kids. I mean, kid one has a chalkboard in her room. For tracking all her running PRs, all of the kids have a share a chalkboard in the basement for their exercise PRs, and we're doing different activities and what's their max, and they're trying to outdo that, and so it's all there by kid. Mm-hmm. The whole family has a workout whiteboard. We track what we do each day, mostly in the summer because the kids aren't in school, and we're heavy into. The Summer Racing Club, that's going on, which is very similar to our Red Arrow Challenge. This point with the Red Arrow Challenge, it's it's mostly you and me. Yeah. In terms of our household, because the kids are in school all day. But we do have it there. 
So there's a, a lot of that going on. But also we what other behaviors, we have goals that we're shooting for and trying to achieve. And it's just a normal routine of like they want to attain something. We set sub goals and we work towards those goals. Mm-hmm. We track performance. We track accomplishments heading up to it. And when they achieve those sub goals, we celebrate that. Definitely. Lots of praise when that's achieved. But it's it's organized, it's thought out, and it's planned. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, yeah, that is something you wanted to do. We probably should do something. <laughs> that's not us. No. Like, we're paying attention. We, we have a dashboard. It's just like when you're driving a car, you look down at the dash. We've got the same thing going on. Mm-hmm. That also ties into evidence. A lot of things that we do around here and kids tell stories. Ours are really good at it. Yeah. Really good at it. Often it's like, oh, really? Show me. (laughs) Or what would that look like? Or let me see that. And the kids do it too because they've picked up on that. And it's because we're behavior analysts. We do observations. We look at behaviors. We want to see behavior or the permanent product permanent of Permanent products. Oh, the result of a behavior. Yeah. It's not that we don't believe the other things, they don't exist if we didn't see it, but we're, we're skeptics. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good that our kids are picking up and being naturally, you know, becoming skeptics. They want to see evidence. Yeah. They want to see data. Uh, now it doesn't mean we naturally think our kids are liars or anything. It's just, okay, I believe you, but where's the evidence? It's like for kid number four, she told me I can write all the letters in the alphabet. And I said, really? Show me. Guess How'd what? How'd that go? She cannot do it because she, can she do three. Any of them? She can make a T and a C and sometimes an E. Can she do an A yet? No. A B. No. I guess B is kind of hard. B is a little bit hard. T is easy. She actually can make a T out of like pickup sticks or out of blocks. She will make a T. Can she do an I or a lowercase L? Sometimes she can. I mean, a lowercase L is just like a line. I know. That's why I said it. (laughs) Um, Sometimes she can make an I. Usually she surprises herself when she's like rearranging things to make it or if she's just doodling and then she magically makes one appear she's like oh i made an eye look at it and it's like oh my god that's amazing so yeah so yeah lots yeah, of like show me child show me what you can do let me see that right because one i want to see if you can actually do what you're saying you can do and two i want to praise the heck out of you if you actually can do it well they also know when it comes to chores whether expected performance or their special ones for the allowance they can say it's done. We're not checking it off until you and I have visually inspected it. Yeah. Let me. Oh, your room's clean. Let me see that. Let the other see. line I use can on I them. Can I see the floor yet? Is, am I? I'm like, I'm done. I'm like, am I going to say you're done when I come up there? I'm no. not done. Don't Just come kidding. up yet. I'm like, okay. I need like 45 more minutes. Very, very, uh, very routine. So, yeah. Evidence. Very important. What else do we have that people might not know we do or not think we do or have a misconception we do? Um, We do have a lot of train the trainer around here, but that's because we have four kids. We for sure do. Kid number one is excellent at it. We And we kind of stumbled this 
and like unexpectedly because we did a lot of work training with her in skill acquisition, doing a lot of hand over hand training. That's so technical. Well, hand over hand training, successive approximations, and just shaping and reinforcing on that Mm -hmm. and helping her learn things. And it really sunk in because we noticed her teaching her brother, kid number two, hand over hand training. Whether it was crawling well, she, up the stairs or how to play with cars. She really wanted him to be able to do the same things that she could do. And like age wise, <laughs> he just wasn't there. Like he was, I don't know, nine months old. And she was like, I want you to be able to use this marker on this piece of paper. So I'm going to teach you how to do it. And she went over. <laughs> She's like one and a half when this happened. She went over and she stuck the marker in his hand and then she grabbed his hand and was like, let me pull you towards this paper and then move your hand around while you're holding the marker. So now you are writing with the marker too. And it was, honestly, it was adorable. Um, she did the same thing but with like teaching him totally how to... But she totally learned to do that from us because yeah. we did it with her to teach her how to use the marker. She did the same thing with learning how to, teaching him how to open the baby gates. I could have killed her. I know. Mm-hmm. She did same the same thing with opening doors. Yeah, and she did the same thing with kid number three with opening baby gates, opening doors. Although kid number three's biggest challenge with opening the doors was not the dexterity of how to twist and pull or twist and push. Mm-mm. It was going to find the step stool so you could get high enough up to reach the doorknob. Kid number three is tiny. He's not He's the tallest a guy. guy. Yeah. Bigger now, but he was so tiny. Kid number four is pretty good about it because she's got this little step stool that has a handle in the center. So when you lift it up, it collapses flat like, it's a, like little, a briefcase. Yeah. And so when she has to do something, she's like, oh, I need my step stool. I need my step stool. I need Where my pink my stool? stool. So she's going to the bathroom. It's like, I need my stool because her brothers will borrow it when they're doing dishes and they need to get to the upper cupboards. Yeah. And she's like, I need my stool. Where is it? There it is. They, she's really good at finding things. She's the best one out of everyone so she will go get it take it to the bathroom oh she needs it to uh turn light switches on or off there we go because she's just a little bit too too short she's tiny too if she gets depending on the room if she gets on her toes she can flick it and get enough force to force it up tonight but she cannot get the lights off without a step tonight after we tucked her in and then she came down and she wanted her pink penguin and i said where is it and she said it's in my room but i can't see because it's dark and i said I know that you can reach your light. Go in your room, turn your light on, find your penguin, and then turn it off. And like, I don't know, maybe five minutes later, I went upstairs to change. And I get up there and she's wandering around going, Mommy, I found my penguin, but I cannot turn my light off. And I was like, I don't understand. You can turn your light on, but you can't turn it off. And she said, yeah, it's just too tall. It is too tall. She she needs, uh, there's only one stool that's the correct height for her. And it's kind of heavy. Her pink one doesn't cut it. Plus, her pink one's on the main floor of the house. She's upstairs. Mm-hmm. So the she, stool is in her room. The wooden one? Mm-hmm. Oh, that one is the correct height for her to turn the light on. And, and on. she turned the light on by herself with no problem. She can do that um, on her tippy toes. Fine. But getting it off, you need to get on top of I it think and pull she, down. Anyways, the stool was there. It was lined up with the light. Oh, okay. Then I don't know what her problem is. She wanted somebody. It's well, me. She wanted me. Let's go with that. She probably did. Sorry. I'm tired. I don't want to diagnose her. Anyways. With the light switch issue. Um, 
But the important thing is the older kids teach the younger kids. And it's not just because that happens a lot of times. They're teaching it in a way that if you were in an undergraduate or graduate program for behavior analysis, you would recognize what's going on. It is a pint-sized version of what you're doing in school right now. It totally is. Our kids are doing where, you know, the professor teaches the first year, like the older grad students, the older grad students teach the younger grad students, the younger grad students teach the undergrads. I have no doubt that if we had like a cat, kid number four would be like, cat, come here and learn to turn this light switch off. I'm going to take you by the paw and teach you how to do it. I have no doubt that kid number four would be teaching the cat to use the toilet instead of a litter box, (laughs) which we've had friends train their cats to use the toilet. Yeah, but they said it was a giant pain in the ass. Yeah, well, we don't have a cat, so. Right. But if we did, that would be on Pain our list the of ass eliminated by just not having the cat. <laughs> Never mind, we have four kids. We had, enough, we had enough pooping and peeing. There is no the more critters. We have four people, four tiny humans that poop and wear diapers, or at least they used to. And They're all potty trained now. Thank God. Right? How many years was that? Where we had Ten and a half. Ten and a half years of diapers in this house? Yep. Ten and a half years of diapers, and it's finally over. Well, we had a brief window where... Kid three got trained, and then kid four showed up right afterwards. Very brief. Well, she was a newborn, and they have, like, the world's tiniest diapers, so it was kind of (laughs) cute. Yeah, especially hers. She was wearing preemies. See? Kind of cute, but gross. Oh, what else do we have? What else do you think our friends, like, think about us and wonder about us? Like, of course, there's always the question that every behavior analyst gets, you know, are you analyzing my behavior now? Are you behavioral analyzing? So are they asking, like, are you behavior analyzing your kids? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I want to know. Of course I want to know the function of their behavior so I can learn how to fucking deal with it. You know, this is supposed to be a clean podcast, Jessica. Fine. Of course I am looking at the function of their behavior so I can deal with it. Yeah. Everybody. Like, if you are doing something because you want to get out of doing something, I want to know about it so I can make you finish doing that and then you can go escape. Like, you don't get to just flop around on the floor because you don't want to clean your room. Mm-mm. I'd almost say our field is a lifestyle. And it's not like that we're perfect people and we're, we've got it all figured out and we don't have, we get angry and anything. But, like, most of the time, though, when we look at a problem, the way we look at a problem, almost like engineers, if you've been around engineers... Uh, there's many people who work in engineering, but then there are certain individuals who are, you. they're just, they're an engineer. They're a, the way they approach problems. Some might say the way they approach fashion or the lack fashion. there, or That's the lack there. Uh, or he, yeah. there are engineer people who work in engineering with fashion sense, but then there's those quintessential engineers Maybe not the top of the scale when it comes to people skills, Mm-mm. but boy, if you want to solve a problem and work methodically through that problem set, I want that person. Mm-hmm. They're going to solve that problem as long as it doesn't have to do with people. Yeah. And behavior analysts are kind of like that in that they will methodically work through that problem in terms of human behavior, which is insanely complex. And try, and then just the way they look at the problems, they think through it. Now, most of them can 
usually act normal unless you get a bunch of them together and then they're like they nerd out like if you go out to the bar with a bunch of behavior analysts i'm sorry the conversation is going to suck for the night if you're not part of the group because they're going to talk in behavior ease which sounds like it's in english but it all has technical definitions and they're all going to be a bunch of nerds the whole night Honestly, if you're hanging out with a group of behavior analysts, you've already been exposed to a lot of this, and you'll probably have a pretty good baseline understanding of it. Mm, I No, I would say that sometimes you just end up at the bar and other friends from school, like, oh, here's some more friends from school, and they show up, and it's like, oh, crap, they just ruined the whole conversation. That's it, not there, are si- there are situations where you end up out there. But in terms of kids, are we analyzing our kids' behavior? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. We're always trying to figure out what's going on. What's the function of the behavior? How do we change it? Uh, if we need to change can it. Can I teach you a replacement skill? Tell me. Show me what the function is so I can teach you the functional replacement for it. So well, that if everybody it's something can be we want to keep around, we want to find the function so that we can. Increase it. Yes. In re- or at least maintain it and reinforce yeah. the hell of it so it doesn't go away. Right. It's not always getting rid of the bad stuff. No. It's also increasing the good stuff or just maintaining and keeping the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just the way we go around it. This stuff naturally occurs all in the world around us. Mm-hmm. It's trying to understand those variables and tweaking them so you get the desired outcomes instead yeah. of just like randomly, chaotically going through life. I will say this has been honestly kind of a godsend for kid number two. Because there's not a lot of services in this area. They actually we took we took them up to a specialty hospital, children's hospital, and they're like, "Well, we would like him to get 20 hours of behavioral services a week." And it's like, our jaws dropped. And they're like, "No, no, we know there's like, we know there's jack squat down in that area." But we know you're behavior analysts, so you guys can do it yourselves. And we were like, "Uh." Okay, that's not how this is supposed to work, but okay. Yeah, normally that isn't how it works, but whatever. It is what it is. And fortunately, we have the background to be able to deal with a lot of things. So we are working with him, and luckily he's getting that those services. And they're the type of things he would get that we'd either be receiving through insurance or we paying an arm and a leg. It's just naturally part of the home life. And the nice part is because his siblings are exposed to it because everyone's getting the same thing. It's not like a medication where it's like, oh, no, there's like harmful side effects to the kids who don't need it. It's like it benefits them just as well. Mm -hmm. You know, learning skills and adding Mm -hmm. those extra pieces for skill acquisition, and especially when we're trying to, you know, generate and promote social skills. Yeah. Well, shucks, what's the side effect? that his siblings are exposed to it. You might get better at conversation. You might get better at making friends. Mm-hmm. Gee, which parent would go, no, I don't want my child to be exposed to that. So that's, you know, what's going on. Like dinner conversation, there's a lot of uh, reinforcing and praising uh, positive social comments when one of them asks, well, how was your day? Or how was your drive, mom? Mm-hmm. Or this, you know, Asking questions like, how do, how do you make this? How do you cook it? Or asking questions. And in more than just a, we ask a question and we get a one word or a two word response. And it's like some sort of strange interrogation. It becomes a back and forth conversation. Mm-hmm. I ran the ables on all of our kids. Did you? I don't know. And for people who don't know what the ables are. 
It's an assessment of behavior and language skills. And, and skill acquisition. Yeah. It pinpoints areas that you need to improve on um, for skill acquisition. So like it looks at language and it looks at social skills and it looks at activities of daily living and all kinds of things in between. And it's great. And I totally did it with all of my kids. And then I worked on <laughs> the areas that they needed to be improved on. What would you say to people who are like, oh my God, they're running like psychological tests on all their kids. I'd say that my kids were able to learn some skills after I figured out what they were having deficits in. Yeah. Especially kid number two. Like he didn't know how to match. And I ran the ables with him and said, huh, he doesn't know how to match. And I made some matching cards and I taught him how to match. I'd say like if you're one of those people who would go get the little uh, meter that you can plug into the dash of your car to find out how it's performing and what's wrong with it or something. It's essentially the same thing. Is that a thing? Yeah, it is. Uh, Because there's a computer code underneath that will spit it out and it will actually tell you what it all means. In fact, you can get ones that link up to your smartphone. That's cool. But there is no link up to your smartphone for your kid. So these are just assessing like, hey, you doing good? Do you got some things that we need to work on? Cool. What do we need to work on? And it pinpoints what we need to do and then... We just happen to know how to fill that void or go find somebody with a specialty where it's, okay, we'll go work on that. Yeah. Or we need those services. Yeah, like there's some speechy things for kid number two. Right. And there's some motor skills things that I was like, hmm, I am out of my depth here with this. But we knew to go get that because we're like, okay, this is where it's, it's, uh, we have the fault. Now we had, in some cases, we had a fight for those services or fight for funding for the services. Yeah. And that's just, and parents who uh, have kids with these special needs know that, that whole thing. That's like, a, that's a whole different podcast. It's, it's for a different night. Let's not do that right that's now. No. But like the point is, is that I also ran it on kid number one and kid number two. I haven't done it for kid number three yet just because I haven't had time. But I am curious to see where exactly she is on there and what like I could stand to work on with her. Awesome. Can you think of anything else that either your friends want to know about or the misconceptions they have about us in terms of psychology and behavior analysis. I know there's a lot of misconceptions (laughs) of what they think of like life as the coach's kids is like, Um, but that's a different podcast episode also, which we could do at another time, but like, I don't want to spend the whole night (laughs) down here recording podcasts and my drink's getting low. I think yours is long Mine gone. Mine is all gone, and it's been gone for a while. It was not big enough. Um, <laughs> I, so I, I made you hint, a double. Hint. Well, but it was. Did you even fill up the cup? It was a big cup, but it was a double. It's not that big of a cup. Anyways, Anyways, no, I really can't think of anything else that our friends ask us about our weird little profession and how we raise our kids. <laughs> Well, if we think of something else or somebody sends something else in, either DM us through Instagram or... Yeah, totally. Send us questions. We love it. Facebook or our email on our website. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, on our Instagram account is our link tree, which has links to everything. Send it in. We'll pull those together and make an episode out of that. Uh, the Life as Coach's Kids is another episode we can do at some point. So we've got some stuff. But... Yeah, that probably is good for one episode. I think so. All right. Before we go, though, we do need to update the champions on the Red Arrow Challenge. Yeah. 
video challenges, one of our virtual challenges, all our virtual challenges at this point are free. We've got a few other virtual races and virtual competitions going on, but the Red Arrow Challenge is really, I think, our signature piece. We've been mm-hmm. doing it since April, and it is a multi-sport competition like no other because you can compete in your specialty, and we have a lot of different uh, sports there, as well as composite points. Yep. And then at the end of the week, we like to uh, celebrate the champions. So the most recent week worth of champions are the following in swimming not a lot of swimming most kids are back in school it's starting to get a little colder in the northern uh area so Mm -hmm. 20 to 29 gator boy and 40 to 49 jesse's girl that was it for champions and swimming wow yeah running Nine and under was easy E. 10 to 19, lucky dude. 20 to 29, Lexi. 30 to 39, a wildcat. 40 to 49, Coach T. 50 to 59, A.R. Miller. Nobody older than that, which is kind of normal. And then in the featured category, it was me. Shocking. Walking. Nine and under, easy E. 10 to 19, Soleil. 20 to 29, Smytha. 30 to 39, Mrs. Coach. 40 to 49, Coach T. No, 50 to 59-year-olds reported walking. That's weird. But 60 to 69, kilogram ill. And 70 to 79, nobody. But the featured members, it was me. Hmm. Biking on road. Not a whole lot of this, but 20 to 29 was H. Kaner 305. And 30 to 39, psychopath. You and I didn't get out on our bikes, which was a shame because it was nice out. I worked a lot this week. I know. Like super late nights. Biking off-road. 20 to 29 was a tie. Smytha and Super Mario. No 30 to 39-year-olds, but 40 to 49, Tim 906. And 50 to 59, A.R. Miller. Sit down pedaling. Again, not a lot of this, but 40 to 49, Saro 906 and Tim 906 tied. Stand up pedaling. You're like looking very nervous at that spider behind you. It is a big black spider. He is not going to mess with you. I don't love him. I You don't have to love him. Just leave him be. There's also a tiny one dangling from the ceiling right next to me. Why are all the spiders congregating by you? I hate you. Whatever. <laughs> We're going to finish this. <laughs> what are we on? <laughs> Stand up pedaling. Uh, 20 to 29, H. Kander 305. No 30 to 39 year olds, but 40 to 49, Sarah 906. Cross-country skiing. You know, I'd say it was the usual suspects, but we're missing El Tiburon 95 this week. What? Can turn in anything, or she, or whatever. I hope they're okay. I hope so, but Big Juan 64 turned in uh, their stuff awesome. for 50 to 59. Skating. Again, not a lot of this, but 40 to 49, great one. Hockey. There was plenty of hockey going on. That's amazing. Nine and under, Yellow Ninja. 10 to 19, Lucky Dude. 20 to 29, Lexi with two X's. 30 to 39, Wildcat. 40 to 49, Coach T. And then the featured members, it was me because you didn't go play hockey. I don't play hockey. We will see about that. (laughs) No, we will not see about that. It's just... You need to just go get, ahead and accept it, okay? Gonna it get, is never going to happen. We're either going to get air hockey or table hockey. Doesn't count. Actually, for air hockey would be amazing. I would love to have that in so our house. So would the bubble hockey, which is basically the uh, hockey version of foosball. No. 
Get air hockey. I will play that all day long. You're gonna like. We're all gonna have bloody knuckles. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> I've thought about it a few times. It's like we where could get are we rid of the this? foosball table and get an air hockey table, and that would be. We could finally finish unpacking the boxes in the basement. Then we'd have room for it. Yeah. There we go. Amaze balls. Points. Nine and under, easy E. Ten to nineteen, lucky dude. Twenty to twenty-nine, Lexi. Thirty to thirty-nine, Wildcat. Forty to forty-nine, Coach T. Fifty to fifty-nine, AR Miller. Sixty to sixty-nine, Kilogram Mill. And nobody in all the older categories. And for the featured members, shocker was me. (laughs) It's not shocking at all. So if you want to participate, go to our webpage or even just go to our Instagram. You can find our link tree right there yep. in the bio. Click on it. Has the link to go set up and create your own uh, Red Arrow Challenge username. That's the same username you would use for all our other virtual races. It also has the link to enter your data each week. You record it each week and go from there. Mm-hmm. And it's free. And it's fun competition. And competition is, is motivating and it drives people. So That's right. do it. Yep. Get out there. Get active. Be back. Be moving. Boy, that was deep. Be moving. I was on such a roll. Wow. I run out of coach gas. It's almost as good as be best. Be best. Yeah. I'm running out of coach speak today. I already had like it was a long day you of coaching. You used it all up at coaching. Yeah. Like actual coaching. Oi, what a week. All right. So that's it for us this week. Awesome. This will, this will post on Sunday. Every Sunday, we got an episode posting. Check back for all of them. Listen to the old episodes. But for now, this has been the latest episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.